On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, Grindhouse Girls friends and fam. Growing up in New York in the 70s and 80s, and particularly around the Staten Island area, you would hear the urban legend of Cropsy, a boogeyman who would take children. Of course, every urban legend, there may be some truth ingrained in the DNA of the details, but the story of Cropsy would inspire something else, too. In the late 70s, with the popularity of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween, some men got the idea. What if we made a slasher film with the boogeyman Crosby as the slasher? And of course, that is how our movie of the week, 1981's The Burning, was born. So don't go running around any abandoned mine shafts. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Hey, this is Katie, and I don't have COVID, but I do have a killer sinus infection, so I sound super fun. But I tested myself today. Somehow I have... Escaped COVID Yay! once again. How long, How can, long you run? can I run? And I'm Brittany. Uh, I very rarely get sick. I uh, was raised between two brothers, had seven dogs growing up, and worked retail for eight years. So my immune system is very fortified. <laughs> um, how are you guys this summer? Did you guys get sick during the summer? Or do you escape? I don't know. It's my sick time. Um, anyways, um, anything else fun and exciting? going on for you Britt? not too crazy fun or exciting i um i don't like the heat uh so i guess like living in the south Mm-mm. there's a lot of people that like summers or time of year they love going to the beach they love going to the lake they love being outside and me and my dogs literally hold up on the couch and watch movies until the sun goes down around 7 30 and then we'll go for our walks and that's what we do so we thrive in the fall time i love the fall but i did do swim team for like i love swimming so like if i had a pool I would be in it every day. But the thing is, like, you have to do it, like, early in the morning before it gets too hot so you have less chance of getting sunburned. Or, like, later in the evening. Because, like, yeah, if you if you swim during the day, like, you're going to yeah. be charred. I don't know. Do we want to talk about this week's, last week's awfulness? Or we'll save that for the end. It's whatever you, I know what we may or may not cut. This is whatever you think, Katie. Um, we, I don't know. It's, like, it's so fucking infuriating. I don't even know where to put it, if I'm being honest. Yes. So we're recording this on June 29th, and this won't come out for a couple weeks. So maybe things will have gotten better. Maybe we'll all be wearing handmade bonnets by that point. I don't know. But last Friday, uh, Roe v. Wade got struck down. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculously. And bodily autonomy is now only for people with penises, apparently. Although, or if you're or, a corpse. If you're, if you're a corpse, corpse yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is not to say that I don't feel for the unborn at all because I did grow up Catholic and I was always very pro-life as a child but like you grow up and you meet other people and you understand that life is so complicated and not everyone has the same belief system as you and it is morally wrong and unconstitutional to force your belief system on another person at least in my opinion and in the constitution's opinion too so while I feel for people who mourn the unborn I get that Uh, Taking away bodily autonomy is not the way to fix that. And also making abortion illegal and in our state a felony is not going to prevent abortions. You're just going to kill more people because people will still have abortions. They're just going to be unsafe abortions and unregulated without medical care. Or people are going to die of ectopic pregnancies, which are not viable because the doctors are going to... Britt was sharing a story earlier where, like, the doctors are going to freeze because they're afraid they're going to get thrown in jail for trying to save their patient. And just the fact that I've had three friends... Um, I'm not going to say their names here, but that have shared on Facebook the fact that like some of them have struggled with reproductive issues and they have been made to wait until a certain age to have a hysterectomy or their tubes tied or whatever form of sterilization was going to help them not be in pain all the time. And because, oh, you might change your mind about wanting to have babies, even though they and their husbands or their partners told them, oh, no, I don't want that. And then I have other friends who 
didn't have a partner and asked to be sterilized after having two kids on their own and was told no because your future husband who is imaginary uh, might want to have kids with you so fuck your bodily autonomy this imaginary person gets more rights than you do so it's not about it's not about abortion just abortion it's about bodily autonomy and the fact that you're treating people with uteruses as second-class citizens and it's fucked and they're coming if clarence thomas gets his way then they're coming for contraception and they're coming for gay marriage which is fucked yeah because you're gonna rip apart families why what is someone getting married hurting you how is it hurting you and you're making people have babies that they don't want that they're gonna have to put in the foster system because they can't care for them and then you're taking away potential parents and families to adopt because i'm sorry the foster system is very broken and also who do you think is adopting foster children yes i'm sure there's lots of heterosexual barren couples sorry i hate to use the word barren yeah fertile is a better word infertile couples that are heterosexual that adopt babies but also there's a lot of gay couples who oh. adopt babies and give them beautiful, wonderful homes. So fuck off. It's fuck just, off, Clarence Thomas. I think, Sorry. like, the thing that bothers me the most is, like, just this is a total lack of empathy for people yes. and the situations they go through that may lead them to this decision. It's just a total lack of caring. We've already discussed foster systems. There's 400,000 children in foster care right now, and a lot of them are children born with disabilities or they're older children, and people often don't want children with disabilities or older children. They want newborns. And then it's like, mm, 60,000 to 120,000 to adopt a newborn, uh, which a lot of which people don't have the money for. Awful! Why is it so expensive? Yeah, so it's expensive and you know there's already these babies suffering and then let's let let's also talk about how there's still a formula shortage for one so two, yeah yeah then two people are the like irony. oh people are like well you can breastfeed your child okay you can breastfeed your child some you know people how, can't do you know how much time it requires to breastfeed a child we had a friend who recently clocked in like 60 hours in one week on a breastfeeding app so how's a woman supposed to work if you don't even have pumping laws for her so like mm, so how do you feed a child here's also a thing you care about the babies not not you guys necessarily but so many people care about babies in the womb but once they're outside the wombs and the women's the mothers don't have the means to take care of them and they have to depend on welfare they become care they become welfare moms and you talk shit about welfare moms yeah so like so fucking it's a circle and no matter what people lose because the system is fucking broken. It's just you you think about you you have tunnel vision about unborn babies. And I I get that part. I get that there are a lot of people in the anti-choice pro-life movement whatever who, you know, they think that that's what they think about. They're like, "Oh, well, you know, abortion is ending a potential life." I'm like, "That is very sad." But also, 93% of abortions happen in the first trimester. Yeah. And the ones that happen later are generally medical issues that that baby wouldn't be viable anyways because they're generally mothers who get that far into it want that baby. And it's very awful to have to end or a lot of times it's a miscarriage but it's put as an abortion because yeah. before I think it's before 19 or 20 weeks it's technically an abortion even if the baby died in utero you still have to like code it that way. I don't know. I I just think adding all these steps in between patient health care and legality only makes things worse. So it's fucked up and it's not okay. And I pray to God that they change it. Not because I hate unborn babies, but because I don't want people to die from unsafe abortions. And if we just had an education system that was better about sex education and taught people that's the real way to prevent abortions is preventing them not making it illegal because people are still going to have illegal abortions it's going to happen and people are going to die from them and it's going to be your fault as we keep talking and saying too it's a lot of these cases are people who wanted their children and yeah. it came down to a decision that it could cost your life or it could just cost. I mean, even like, so we have this discussion for women that they know their children are not going to live very long after their birth. It's like mm-hmm. you still carry and show for nine months and people are still going to ask you questions about your baby. Yes. Even if you can handle it, I would never expect an other woman to have to endure that. Not a, You should just have the choice. Yeah. I'm not saying, I, I can't make anyone else's decisions for them, but you should have that choice. Yeah. You should be able to say, yes, I would like to, 
or no, I can't handle that. I don't think I can handle that. Yeah, I what I would suggest, and I think this is something me and Katie could talk about for hours. If this is an important topic to you guys, start doing your research now. Yep. Do it now. It sucks to be a young southerner who wants to make a difference because a lot of times in politics, I feel like it's very hard for us to make a difference, especially for us to lean a certain way on certain <laughs> issues that are maybe a little bit more liberal. You know, human rights. Yeah, human rights, you know. But this is the time to start trying to find candidates that you believe in. Um, yep. And this is the time to start writing letters and making phone calls. And I hate making phone calls, but... Um, Sign a petition. Yeah. Oh, I've already signed a couple for this. You know, see if you can find a rally or meetups. And be safe. I mean, I'm always nervous about rallies because I'm always nervous that something bad's going to happen. Yeah. But anyways, I guess um, on a happier note, did you watch anything interesting? I actually watched a few different things. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, wait, that's right. We we, we did our episode with Syndicate last week. I can't wait till it's released because we, we love him. So excited. He's the best. Uh, but his, his recording so is cool. a little different than ours. So we didn't talk about things we watched. Yes. Armand, super cool, super cool. He talked about Dawn of the Dead, the original. Yes, 1978. Which actually has a lot of parallels to this movie because Tom Savini, it was included in both films. Yes. We got a lot of Tom Savini in two weeks. So, which is always a great thing. Yeah. Um, but yes, but what else What else did you get to watch? Oh, I, I got to watch. So I did finish uh, The Time Traveler's Wife Season 1 on HBO Max. Um, you know my opinion on that. I was like, it's not that great. I'll keep, I'll keep watching it. <laughs> Did it get any better? Uh, so it was, okay. so <laughs> the thing, the thing that's kind of like my understanding. So if you guys seen the movie that came out like in 2009, it's bad. It's the one with Eric Bana and Rich McAdams. It's not good. Um, and I could, I could go on and on about that. People that's always tell me it's good and I'm just like, ah. So okay, good. I never read the book, but I understood the book was always a little problematic because there's this idea of grooming because, and he meets her first as an adult, but then after they meet and get married, he goes back in time and sees her as a child. So she's known him Ew. her whole life. So like, yeah. And so the TV show does a lot Ew. to try to correct the grooming aspect of it because he makes comments like, I'm not trying to like groom you. And he like tries to be friendly with her and not like come on to her and all this stuff. Uh, so they're trying uh-uh. to... They're trying to correct a lot of the original writing. I th- I think it's a hard story to personally adapt anyway. And what I loved the most about it was Rose Le- Rose Leslie and Theo James has amazing chemistry. And I don't think the writing Which was Which I the- love Rose. Yeah, she's love she's her. great. She's great in it. And Theo James, who I guess was in um, maybe the Divergent series, but I didn't really know him before this. They're great actors. I thought it was really funny, though, because after the season one finale, they had this little thing, you know how HBO does. And they're like, what really drew? me to the show that was the writing and I'm like the writing really (laughs) (laughs) that's like you watch the boys and I I still haven't finished season two but you know like the scene where all the three girls are getting interviewed and they're feeding them all these lines that's what I think I'm like yeah that was fed to them that's a PR bullshit I think it's interesting because it has it has not been canceled nor renewed for a season two yet so they, but you know what? On it. HBO sits on that because they sat on our flag means death being renewed, which was a huge hit until Pride Month. Mm. And then they were like, "Oh, guess what? We're renewing the Gay Pirate Show during Pride Month." We're like, "Yeah, we knew you were waiting. Yeah. Like, if you didn't renew that, you would be so fucked." Like, people would revolt. So that was that. Uh, Of course, I'm keeping up with the boys. So uh, season three's last week episode was Herogasm. And I won't ruin... (laughs) I won't... Yeah. uh, I won't ruin Herogasms for you guys, but it does have a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode where it's like, all sex between people was completely consensual and all animal sex was CGI. This is not appropriate for... What the fuck? Yeah. And they're like, this is not appropriate for anyone anyone we warned you that's funny i like their warnings yeah so they have like this whole warning thing um but it's i mean it was fun i will say this it's not as graphic as i thought it would be it was pretty graphic but it's not as graphic as i thought it would be but i did i did laugh a lot so it's it's raunchy but i like the boys because it is funny funny not horrifying yeah the first season yeah 
So it's pretty, Tight. there's still like moments in the third season that like, I won't, I know you're about to be on the third season. So when you get there. I know, I'm still I'm trying like, to finish the second season. It's okay. It's okay. Which I, I really like the boys. Don't, this is not me like not liking it. It's just also, I'm trying to make it last. But now that they're in the third, <laughs> I'm trying to make it last. Yeah. <laughs> that's what she said. Now they're, um. <laughs> they're, now they're in, that's what she said. So. so now that they're in the third season, I can probably watch more. But I started watching. I've been, like, trying to, like, de- deprogram my brain from all the awfulness in the world. So mm-hmm. I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Modern Family, mm-hmm. which was great. I just watched the episode where gay marriage is legalized. And they're like, oh, we can get married. And I'm like, ha! Well, that would be weird if, like, they take this unconstitu- make it unconstitutional again. So let's... <laughs> Keep our fingers crossed, because I'm like, that'd be a weird trip. Remember how hopeful we all were back then? Anyways, but I'm watching those stupid... They're not bad shows. They're just kind of like, turn your brain off. Like, oh, cute. Look at this family. It's lighthearted. I think we're ready to start the burning, though. So, yeah, uh, but we are doing the burning. It's a 1981 slasher film. It's currently streaming on Tubi, and it was directed by Tony Maylam. M-A-Y-L-A-M. So yeah, it's interesting for a number of reasons. And um, yes. I guess I'll go ahead and just uh, speak to what I know will be the elephant in the room. And that I am... Um, big, annoying asshole of an elephant. Yes. Uh, so I unfortunately... I'm, I'm glad I watched this movie because it is considered like a secret hard gem uh, for a lot yeah. of reasons. But... It I, holds up. It holds up. Yeah, it's not It's not a terrible movie. Um, but I, I had read this on a list of summer horror films. And I was like, I've never heard of that movie, but it sounds cool. So me and Katie were like, we'll watch it. It's on Tubi. Um, one of the very first names I see is Story by Harvey Weinstein. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I had to, like, text Katie and be like, by the way, uh, I didn't know this. Um, uh, meanwhile, I'm watching it and, like, searching on IMDb, because that's what I do when I haven't seen a movie before. It's like, in the beginning, I'm always, like, on IMDb, like, who wrote this? And it's, like, script partially written by Harvey and Bob Weinstein. And I was like, ah, what? Yeah. Right? It's like, I was like, I just saw that. <laughs> well... But I will say, this was, like, their first Miramax film. So that's cool, because, like, okay, Harvey Weinstein's a fucking dick. And I'm not sure about his brother, but his brother helped cover up all his crimes. Bob has... Also a dick. Bob supposedly said, because I actually did a deep dive on this, Bob said that he was abusive, like, verbally abusive to family members and stuff, and that he had a tendency to, like... And I think one of their partners said this, too, is, like, he was, like, one of those people, like... He was aggressive when it came to, like, work-related things and, like, I guess the films and stuff. But they didn't know about this. But compared to Harvey that has over a 100 sexual allegations against him, Bob had one. Which I'm not saying one is good, because it sure the fuck isn't. It's better than Harvey. But I guess. I guess it's better than the 118 I think Harvey had against him. <sighs> Yeah, and also if he covered up his brother's crimes, also an asshole. But yeah, Miramax did bring a lot of amazing movies to film. I hate putting a silver lining on that asshole. But I will say Miramax, the company, a lot of films that I love, I believe Chicago was produced by Miramax. All the Tarantino movies up yes. until recently were. I, was Bridget Jones' Diary? No, maybe not. There's some other movie, like, rom-com that I just love. There was, there's a lot of really good movies that Miramax produced, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah. Because then you have to be like, oh, I don't want to give this asshole money. Although, if he's in jail, maybe he doesn't get that money anymore. Uh, so I did find out, because you guys know I love Oscar tidbits, and I uh, I memorized them like I do Waters. So Harvey Weinstein had been thanked 34 times in different Oscar speeches, as many as, oh, yeah. as, many as God himself. Yes. Because he's the devil. Like, <laughs> but like, seriously. I'm not sorry. But it's like, devil. it's like so fucked uh it's such a fucked thing to think about but okay this is this is awful but i did find this i did find this kind of sweet so mara max i didn't know it was actually named after their parents Maram and max so the boys oh, named this cute i was like that's the one cute thing and then the rest of this i was like fuck you fuck you fuck you as i was reading <laughs> yeah well and the thing is if you didn't know that harvey touched this this script mm-hmm. some things would probably just roll over you but knowing that he was had a hand in writing the script, there's some stuff in here that you're like, yeah, that tracks. It's very foreboding. There's a lot of foreshadowing of things yet to come. Yeah. I did find out, too, that even as early as this film, so this was like his first film, this was Merrimax's third film. 
uh, like third film ever that they had done. And Harvey did expose himself to an intern during this movie. Oh my god. So yeah, so even as early as this movie, which was their third film... He exposed himself to intern. That was the basic thing that, like, I guess was Harvey's go-to move, is that he would expose himself and then say, will you give me a massage? Like, that was, like, his, like, go-to move, supposedly, for so many of these things. And he would also tell people that what if, like, because, you know, they did Shakespeare in Love, and Shakespeare in Love won Best Picture and Best Actress, and he was like, yeah, Gwyneth slept with me, and that's how she got a leg up in her career. And meanwhile, Gwyneth did not, and she did not know he was telling other actresses this. So that was a thing that was going on, too. You know, I got problems with Gwyneth Paltrow and her snake oil, but yeah. nobody deserves to be just socially absconded and injured like that. Yeah. I would vomit all over myself if someone said I slept with Harvey Weinstein. So that's our elephant in the room. It's unfortunate, but the movie is interesting. One shining star in this film, like we alluded to earlier, is Tom Savini. Yes. Who is an absolute... I don't know of anything bad about Tom Savini. Please let us know if there is. But as far as I know, he's chill. And he's one of the best special effects artists. And he actually skipped out on doing Friday the 13th Part 2 to do the burning. Yeah. Because he thought it was stupid that Jason was the villain because Jason's not even alive yeah. in Friday the 13th. Spoilers. And what's interesting is a lot of people thought this was a knockoff of Friday the 13th, but this actually predates Friday the 13th, which is also really interesting because Harvey... The script does. Yeah. It was released after, unfortunately. Yeah, but, but the it, script does, yeah. yeah. It. Cause it's like, uh, is what it's like. Also, he was trying to pass around. So basically, uh, Harvey and Bob, of course, were raised in New York, and the Cropsey legend is a very big thing in New York. And so, when, like we said in our intro, Texas Chainsaw Massacre got big, Halloween got big. Harvey was like, ooh, 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 we should do a movie. We should capitalize on the slasher film. So he was the one that came up with the idea. But it was actually the screenplay credit itself goes to Bob, his brother, and Peter Lawrence. Which is interesting because Peter Lawrence is actually a novelist, but he mainly uh, writes for several TV shows, which I thought was cool. So he's done episodes of Thundercats, Jungle Cups, which I loved as a kid. Thundercats! Yeah, and then The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. So I think it's interesting. <gasps> yeah. I love Johnny Quest. Yes, it's, it's a good one. So I was like, okay. And then it was directed by... Tony Malin, which we said before. So just to kind of give a little background about Tony. So he directed White Rock, which is a 1977 documentary film about the 1976 Winter Olympics. And that was nominated for a BAFA. So he got his name out wow. there. with Yeah, yeah. He got his name out there with that. And so, uh, well, I'm sorry. It was nominated by the BAFA, which is the Brit- British Academy of Film and Television Arts. Uh, award for basically like best documentary content. Then he directed uh, Genesis and Concert, which we love Genesis. Uh-huh. And that's where he kind of met Bob and Harvey because they were really, they were music like they were like, I guess they went to music festivals and scouted and stuff like that. They were doing like these music films. And they bought that movie. They bought it and released it as a double feature. So that's how he kind of was like, okay, I'm going to be doing The Burning. But then after The Burning, he did the ABC TV movies The Sins of Dorian Gray, which starred Anthony Perkins and uh, a few Love other Anthony things. Perkins. Yeah, and he did a few other things too. So it's very interesting, his story. But the person I found kind of the most interesting, to be honest, the story itself, other than Harvey uh, and Tony, who's the director, they also created part of the story The Bride. Gray, and I don't know if you read about Brad Gray. He recently passed away in 2017, but he became oh, the so ch- sad. yeah, it is sad. Um, but he became the chairman and CEO of Paramount Pictures. Oh, yeah. So up until the time he passed away, he from 2005 to 2017, he was the CEO of Paramount Pictures. Wow. And during his time there, he produced eight out of the ten Paramount's top grossing pictures of all time. So I was like, there were some big wow. names attached to this movie. Like before they were big, this was like one of yeah. their starts. Yeah. It's, it's interesting we're just gonna ignore harvey and bob but everyone else was also very interesting also one of the stuntmen reed rondell tom savini there's a really great short documentary where it's really just tom savini talking about the burning i think it was for the blu-ray edition of this um but i found on the internet blood and fire memories of tom savini where he was talking about a lot of behind the scenes stuff and he was talking about reed rondell who does one of the stunts He does the very big burning stunt. He's the body for it. Although Tom Savini did a lot of, did some of the stunt work himself too. He was like 19 years old when he did this. And 
He also did stunts on the TV show Airwolf, which I've never seen. And um, he was Tom Cruise's personal stunt double until his untimely death in a helicopter accident in 1985. Oh, wow. So he, it's very, that's very sad. But yeah. I, I was like, that is very interesting. And I looked and he did a lot of stunts for a lot of like 80s television shows and movies and stuff. And a lot of, to- I think he was Tom Cruise's stunt double for like Risky Business. And so from his early career before the Scientology. So anyways, I thought that was interesting that this was like one of his early jobs and Tom Savini seemed to really like him. So also this movie was a video nasty. Yes. And it was, Tom Savini said it was super edited in a lot of the southern states in, Al- in, in Alabama, probably in Alabama, but in the United States. But in Florida, he was like I don't even know if they showed it in Florida which is one of the reasons why it wasn't a huge hit no with the video nasty thing correct me if I'm wrong but yeah. wasn't it that they had and I always think of censored now because of this but wasn't yeah. it that they edited yeah. they edited out some of it and then they actually released the uncut version is my understanding oh I didn't hear that yeah part. my understanding is they somehow That's like hilarious. they edited some of it like they were like let's edit a couple seconds here and there the really gory bits and then they still somehow released the unedited version that's what caused the ruckus is what I think you I know, read. And there were different tiers of video nasties because when we did censor i looked it up like some of them were completely not allowed in the UK and then some of them were like heavily edited. Yes. So it just kind of depended on which ones you had. But since we did do um censor that bit of trivia did definitely come up i was like that's interesting yes but yeah so once again we are talking about uh the burning is 1981 film it is on tubi it's available to stream i actually love this one and that there wasn't a lot of commercials i think i had three commercials the entire time i was watching the movie and it's an hour and 31 minutes it wasn't very yeah, it's long not very long yeah but yeah so um <clears throat> but i will give you guys a quick synopsis of the movie before we get into the thick of it as the kids would say on tiktok into the thick of it yeah Ugh. five years after a prank gone horribly horribly wrong camp caretaker crosby comes back for a wave of vengeance on a new set of campers armed with his shears no amount of fun summer activities or teenage sexy times is going to stop him <laughs> is going to stop him from getting his revenge for the burning. <laughs> so we open up and some teenage boys are gathering together to get revenge on a camp counselor whose name is Cropsby. Crosby, which is a which is Cropsy. Cropsy, which is a name I struggle with because, you know, brain. Um and he's kind of like <laughs> a complete asshole to the kids. So while he's asleep apparently we don't see it we don't we see it hear them talk about it we don't see it but it's like they're talking about like how much they hate him and stuff and so while he's asleep they light some candles inside a human skull and they have some nice worms crawling out of it which what where did they get the skull you know what i think about stuff like that i think i can't stop thinking about who did they murder for a fucking or, prank or did they dig up a grave maybe like where's the grave yeah I mean, like, that's... Where the fuck is the grave? Are they on an Indian bur- Sorry, Native American burial ground? An indigenous burial ground? Because it is Camp Blackfoot. Yeah. Which is a... It's a tribe. And it's New York, so you know we probably kill a bunch of Native Americans there. That is a burning question for the burning. No pun intended. Well, yeah. Or int- it's intended. It's intended. Uh, <laughs> but, like, it's a burning... Like, where the fuck did you get that skull? Also, it's meaty. Yeah, it is. That's like, kind of like, like. Yeah, it kind of disturbed me a little bit because I was like, "Oh, that's gross." I mean, it looks. <gasps> you know cool. what? But that makes you almost wonder if it is like a fresh corpse that they like dug up. Like, Maybe they went to a graveyard. Yeah. Yeah, which is then it's like okay, you're desecrating a grave to play a prank. Okay. I hate them even more. Yeah. Anyways. You're- oh, by the way, Cropsy is played by Lou David. Yes. Who's in the Last Dragon and Over the Brooklyn Bridge and this movie called The Exterminator, which I know about because Red Letter Media covered it. It's really stupid, but I found the movie poster, like an original movie poster for its release date at a flea market, and I bought it, and I own it. That's awesome. And it's not hanging up at my house because it's gigantic, but one day I will have a house that's big enough to put all my collection of giant 
lobby movie posters. Yeah, and he usually was also cast as menacing bad guy, so that was like kind of like a character type for him. Yeah. But he wakes up in a panic because they literally like the skull on fire or they have candles on it. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't seem that scary, but he sleeps with gasoline next to his bed, Be- which is not to- a good choice. Totally normal, you know, as one does. As, as you do. As you do. As, as one I mean, does. like, you can see my gallon, like, right next to my bed. I know. I mean, I'm always telling Brittany, you know, if you light a skull on fire, you gotta have an issue but she won't listen to me yeah and this is what happens Brittany. i said i'm really careful not to wake up in the middle of the night and kick it or anything but no i just i have a listening (laughs) issue uh but that's exactly Uh, what he does he actually kicks the skull and he lights himself in the bed on fire and so and naturally the whole house is on fire and naturally you know the kids being great kids just kind of fucking watch him in awe as this all is happening yeah I will say, when I watch the subtitles the second time, they do go, we gotta get him out of there. Yes. But they don't. Yeah, they watch him as he, like, literally is engulfed in flames and walks out of the house, and they're just like, oh. Which, by the way, Tom Savini was supposed to light the house on fire in a controlled way, and he tripped oh, or something. Oh, God. And he accidentally lit it a little too soon, and then they had to toss Reed Rondell into the fire to light him on fire for this time. <laughs> so, if you look really closely, you might be able to see Tom Savini tripping and falling. You know, <laughs> and then the whole inside of the cabin burst into flames. God bless. They were fine. Tom, Everyone was God fine. God bless Tom Savini because he seems like a wonderful man, but he's very accident prone because, as we discussed, he on is. the as we discussed on Dawn of the Dead, he leapt off the side of like a railing in the mall they were filming in, and was supposed to land yeah. on some cardboard boxes, and only his head landed on the boxes. So he almost like broke his back and legs. So it's like Tom, Tom. Yeah, Maybe he, he literally be says the in the documentary, like, don't trust Savini. And I was like, and then he went on to do, like, 50 other You're just movies. like, oh, no. But it sounds like he puts himself in danger, not as actors. Yeah. That was more of he might get stuck in the fire because oh. the door was open for them to get out. You're just like, what are you Anyways. doing? But uh, he- but the whole thing's on fire. Yeah, and so Crosby rolls into the lake, and the boys are scared and unsure what to do. They run away. So there's a title card, and yeah. it's like one week later. And the two orderlies, there's like two orderlies in the hospital, and this one uh, is kind of It's a an orderly and a new doctor. Oh, a new doctor. And the orderly's like, man, I'm going to scare the shit out of you. Yeah. It's... I don't. I didn't write these people's names. Oh, down. I didn't sorry, either. But they were very funny. I didn't either. Okay. But there's like this orderly is like you ain't ever seen a freak like this. I'm like God, asshole. Really? Jeez. Yeah. Also, he he says one of those like 70s 80s lines like you know this is where it's at or something like that. I was like, did people really talk like that in the 70s and 80s? Yeah. But anyways, it's definitely an interesting exchange. And there's some really cool burn effects because Cropsey puts his hand out and grabs the orderly's arm as he's trying to scare the other guy and they both start screaming and it's like, the burning! Yeah, you get that credit crawl and see who's all involved. And And then it's like five years later. Five years later. And so... Crossy is being released from the hospital and the doctors and nurses tell him specifically in a voiceover. They're like, you know, we know you're upset, but don't seek revenge. It was just an accident. And they're also like, but it's also a miracle that you survive and a life will eventually return to normal, even though you're fucking burned everywhere, all over your body. Yeah. They're like, sorry, the skin grafts didn't take. You're like, I was like, oh, but don't Awkward. be, don't be mad about it. Don't be mad about it. Don't be mad. Yeah. Don't be mad about your skin grafts not taking. You're not allowed to be mad. That's the mental health problem in this country. Oh, my God. They didn't have therapy back then. They're like, don't be too upset. But he does his first stop out of the hospital, which is everyone's first stop out of the hospital or jail. And he finds a lady of the night. He finds a sex worker. Who is frankly hilarious. Yeah. He's like, hey, honey. She talks, she's like, hey, honey, I got a lemon to make. Hey, hey, you want to wear your hat? That's fine. I don't care. Let's just get it on. It's very, like, it's very not sensitive to sex workers. Yeah. But I like the lady's performance. It's very funny. But it's also, this is like the first part of the movie that I'm just like, it weirds me out a little bit because we don't see, we don't see him. So we don't, still don't know what he looks like, his face or anything. But she sees him and she's like, please just go away. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. And he advances on her and he stabs her in the stomach and strangles 
kills her. And it's very gruesome, yeah. very violent, because you there's see... there's blood everywhere. Yeah, there's blood everywhere. But it's like, I can't figure out, like, if he always had the intention of killing her, or if he only killed her because she, she was rejecting him because of the burns. I'm still not sure. I think she was more freaking out because he had a knife in his hand. Oh, okay. So you think it was the intention that he was always going to kill her? I hope so. Yeah. But... I wouldn't put it past this movie. Yeah, that's why I'm just like, oh, it's uncomfortable now in retrospect. By the way, I subtitled all of the different parts of the movie for some reason because I was trying to remember. It was like, prologue, a killer is set loose. And then the next part is called, new camp, new attitude. Oh, and see, I put, we go to Camp Stumwater where people don't wear brawls and guys are checking out the girls. It's it's the 80s and Harvey Weinstein was in charge. I mean, I mean, I've got. But they're running bases. It hurts. I'll give them. I'll give it to them. Their breasts are really nice, but like, I'm just like, oh, she's not wearing a bra. So that's the first thing I automatically notice. So and Camp Stonewater is literally a stone's throw from Camp Blackfoot ah, now defunct area. And we meet a ton of people playing softball. I'll. I don't know. Tell me if you want me to keep going because I kind of broke up all the. There's a lot of characters yeah, all at once, it's, so I'm going to try not to give too much of a dump. Yeah, it's whatever you feel like. I the only reason I wrote Eddie first was because I think he's the first one we hear his name. So that's why I was like, yeah. Eddie checks out Karen. So yes. So there's there's two older camp counselors, but they're all like a, like probably between the ages of fifteen. And, like, 21, yeah. I would say. Like, the counselors are probably, like, 19 to 21. And the other kids are, like, 15 to 18. So, it's an older camp that I'm used to. Like, I didn't stop going to camp when I was, like, 14. But, you know, I don't I don't know. I'd rather them be older, though, and get murdered than be, like, little kids and getting murdered. Yeah. Honestly. So, the two most responsible camp counselors are Todd, played by Brian Matthews, who uh, did a lot of television, including Days of Our Lives, Murder, She Wrote, and The Love Boat. Yes. And then Michelle, who's his girlfriend, although they don't really get too too far into the hanky-panky, but they are romantically linked. Yeah. Played by Leah Ayers, A-Y-R-E-S, who was in The Player, Bloodsport, which was another Red Letter Media movie that they did at some point, and Hot Child in the City, which I've never seen that movie, but the episode of Sex in the City where they play the song Hot Child in the City um, will never leave my brain. They're pretty responsible camp counselors. And then there's Dave and Eddie. Eddie is ogling Karen. Karen is played by Carolyn Houlihan, who really only this and a movie called A Sex was her main credits, so didn't do a whole lot of acting work after this. Oh, I was about to say, she did win the Miss Ohio USA title in 1979. Hey! Yes. Miss Ohio. Yes. But Eddie's played by Ned Eisenberg, who is an actor who I know by sight. Um, you will probably see him on IMDb and be like, oh, it's that guy. Um, but most recently, he's been in Mayor of Easttown, which is a fantastic miniseries. He did several episodes of Law & Order SVU, and he was in a Bruce Willis movie called Last Man Standing. And unfortunately, he did pass away in February from complications due to cancer. Oh, shit. That makes me really sad. Yeah. But he's really an interesting actor. And so his best buddy is Dave. And Dave, I think, is a standout in this movie because he's played by the one, the only Jason Alexander of Seinfeld fame, but also tons of voice work including The Hunchback of Notre Dame and the Hercules TV series and the Aladdin TV series and also apparently Dinosaurs yep. the TV series that I loved as a kid. And my favorite, other than Seinfeld, is Cinderella 1997 because he sings The Prince is Giving a Ball song and like he's like a, he's a really good musical theater performer and it has so much energy. He's like, the prince is giving a ball! And then he just says all this stuff about how they're ordering stuff and he's dancing in the street with everybody. It's great. I also love that they asked Jason what his favorite memory of filming the Bernie was. And he said, looking at Carrot Glenn, which I had to write down. All right. who's Who plays Sally. Yes. Who is famously not wearing a bra. And um, she was on the show The Doctors. And a movie called Girls Night Out. She's very classic, like, blonde 70s. Mm -hmm. And then we also have, like, a younger camper named Tiger. And she runs into the woods to get a stray ball, which is where our first scares kind of occur. Yeah, so she goes to catch this, like, foul ball. And she's almost taken out by a sheared, now sheared, willing cropsy. Uh, But she gets called back in time. So she is good. She does not die. And we're glad because... Tiger looks a lot younger than 
the other campers do. Yes. So. She's got that classic 70s, like, rolled up hair. Yeah. Shelly Bruce. Which this was, like, her, her, one of her only credits, so. Yeah. But she's she's adorable. She's very cute. And we, we go to the dining hall, and they're having, like, lunch or dinner. And this is, like, the first kind of uncomfortable bit of the movie for me. Yeah. Or maybe the second. So Karen tells her supervisor, Michelle, her, her I, like, I guess the camp counselor, Michelle. She's like, I like Eddie, but, you know, he comes on strong, and it kind of scares me sometimes. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. It's not good. And Michelle, at first, is like, well, then you probably should just not date him and she's like but i like him sometimes i'm like oh no and then michelle like completely changes her tune and is like oh i guess you better go for it just get it over with then and i'm like is she telling him to get over it and break up with him or get over it and fuck him yeah because it's a little winky wonky and then when you know harvey weinstein wrote this you're like "Eh, okay but the next morning we have Sally go to the showers. Yeah. And so she feels like someone is watching her as she takes the shower. Yep. And it's not Cropsy, though. Yeah. And she screams, and it's revealed that it's a male camper named Alfred. <laughs> Alfred is weirdly one of the main characters in this movie, which a lot of the main characters are very likable people. Alfred, mm, not so much. He's played by Brian Backer, um, who uh, went on to be on Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Police yeah. Academy 4, and recently a movie called Loser, which I have not watched yet. And he's like, I was just trying to scare her. I'm like, yeah, by spying on her naked in the shower. Also, they're outdoor showers, which is fucked. Not just that, but he's trying to get back his Glazer because, like, yes. Glazer likes Sally, but it's also like, okay, so you're trying to... Get back at a dude who's bullying you by scaring a girl. The girl he likes. Yeah. Which, they're not even, like, technically dating, although she does seem to like him. But that's Michelle points it out. She's like, so you're trying to get back at him? What the fuck? And then Todd's like, I'll take care of it, ladies. And Todd's just like, you know, like, I did something bad at a camp and got kicked out. So this is a warning. I'm like, it's a warning? Yeah. And uh, later, though, because Glazer is still upset, and I guess we should mention Glazer real quick if you wrote him down. Yes, I did. Okay. Glazer is played by the pitch-perfect bully actor Larry Joshua, who was in Dances with Wolves. He also was on several episodes of NYPD Blue, and he was the wrestling promoter on the Spider-Man Sam Raimi movie. So, But for what he did to Sally, uh, Glazer knocks Alfred into the lake later, knowing he can't swim. Which is where we also meet Woodstock, because Woodstock shoots him with a BB on the butt, and then they all moon him, um, who's played by Fisher Stevens, who is another actor where it's like, oh, I know that actor. Um, He was on Lost, he did the short circuit movies in the 80s, and... He was recently on Succession. I also thought it was interesting. So Fisher won uh, Best Documentary in 2010 for The Cove. So he's an Academy Award mm. winner. And he seems to he seems to be friends with Wes Anderson because he frequently appears in Wes Anderson movies like The French Dispatch, Isle Dogs, and The Grand Budapest Hotel. So seems to be a frequent collaboration there too. Keep on keeping on, Fisher Stevens. Yes. And I will get the rest of the people out of the way just because we all see them at the, at the pond. Um, the only other people, the girls that are in the group, one of them is played by Holly Hunter, Academy Award winner for the piano. Uh, and she was on the show Saving Grace. And also, she was on Succession for the first season. There's also Marnie, who's played by Bonnie Dorosky from Sweet Liberty and Simon. Diane, Kevy Kendall, National Lampoon's Christmas, I mean, European Vacation, Fantasy Island, and The Boys Next Door. And Sophie is played by Holly Hunter. So yeah, so that's really all the kids. And there's one kid named Fish, and I forgot to write his actor's name down. But he only, like, literally just jumps in the pool and then probably gets murdered later. So they moon him. And then at dinner that night, the supervisor is telling them all about the overnight canoe trip. And Woodstock is like, oh, I gotta go get my vitamin E from the cabin, which I don't know what vitamin E was supposed to do. And there's a spooky, scary moment, but it's actually just Todd. Uh, But we also do see that Crosby is watching him. And I think it's funny Uh because I'm like, look, you know, it's him because they rub Vaseline on the camera to give that like. They did. Yeah, they get like for it to be his point of view. So like anytime you see like this like trick mark across the camera, you're like, oh, there's the Vaseline is for Crosby's eyes. Yeah, I guess their thinking was like because his face was damaged like yeah. he wouldn't have a clear view and i was like i don't know if it would hurt your eyeballs if your eyeballs weren't burned but okay you're like okay whatever sure. i get it this is 1981 there's attention yeah yeah attention to detail yeah you know but the next day they and, and uh alfred does see cropsy look in the window that night yes. but no one believes him because he's a freak of course basically. not so boo-hoo. well he is 
kind of an app. I mean, I'm sorry. Peeping on people is not okay. Yeah. But also, uh, how old is he? He's probably on the younger side. So yeah. I would say he's probably like 14 or 15. Yeah. He's supposed to be playing like a 16-year-old in Fast Times at Richmond High. So yeah, that sounds about right. But the next day, the campers go to their canoe trip down the river to Devil's Creek. And that night, Todd tells the story of Camp Blackfoot and the evil caretaker Crosby. So it's like, okay, Todd. But he says, you know, he got pleasure out of hurting and scaring people. And he also had garden shears. And he said, a camper. Which, why didn't you just call the cops? first yeah exactly our you know, reported remember in, yeah uh, <laughs> what the fuck is that movie about the fat camp oh i, I love it so much. heavyweights heavyweights well you know they tried to call the police on ben stiller's crazy ass and it didn't work so yeah you gotta try that first oh no they don't then try. yeah then do the prank Let's just take it into our own hands. He's, he even says, like, Todd says, a camper and his friends played a prank that went wrong. And he screamed out, I will return. I will have my revenge. And, yeah. yeah. And he concludes that he's out there before Eddie appears in a mask pretending to be him. And they, like, it's like, oh, Wait. Eddie. Look. He also goes, watching, waiting. And every time he says, I'm like, come is so waiting. I was like, oh. That was before that time. Yes. Started. But I just love it because they, they do that, like, Eddie appears in a mask, and then they're all like, Eddie, you goof, <laughs> pretending to be Crosby. So. And then Eddie's like, Karen, let's go skinny dipping. And Karen's very clear with him about, like, hey, like, I, I don't, I'm not sure. You keep talking about, okay, first of all, she, he's like, she's like, you keep talking about all the girls you banged. And I'm like, yeah, I think he's lying, Karen. I'm just gonna, I'm put it out there. Eddie does not seem like he's that smooth of a mover. So I'm going to say that's a lie, Karen. The other thing is, fuck him if he's going to pressure you to have sex. But then he's like, let's go skinny dipping. And she goes skinny dipping with him. And then he tries to fuck her. And she's like, uh, no, you promised. And he's like, get the fuck out of my face. And that's when Eddie turned into Harvey Weinstein for me. And then I was like, when does he get murdered? Please tell me. Yeah, and I um, feel so bad for Karen, like, because, yeah. like, yeah, it's like, she's just resilient in that she's not ready yet, and he's like, get the fuck out of my face. And so Karen leaves, and God bless her, the poor thing is butt-ass naked. And her she's trying to find her clothes. Yeah, her clothes are just spread everywhere, so. What a dick, Cropsy. Yeah, and then so Cropsy then murders her by slitting her throat. So it's like, oh, yeah. so right, you're already like in horror, we're kind of like sensitized that usually it's the virginal girls, unless like it's follows where it's literally like spinned on its head, where like the virginal girls usually live. But yeah. it seems like this girl was killed because she said no. I mean, that wasn't the only reason that she was killed, but it's very interesting. Right. That after she adamantly says no to sex, she's murdered. Right. And it's not like she wasn't into sex. She just was like, oh, not yet. Like, dude, calm the fuck down. But, of course, the next day, Michelle and Todd confront Eddie about where Karen is. And Eddie basically tells Todd, like, hey, I came on strong, but she swam back to shore. And that's the last time I saw her. Which, he's a fucking dick, but he's also not lying. So, um... The other campers, though, meanwhile, they're like, the canoes are gone. And so, Michelle tells the boys, uh, you know, well, I know what happened. Karen accidentally let go the other canoes because she took a canoe to go back to the main camp because the supervisor told her to do that. Things got too heavy. So they're explaining away, like, the logic. Like, they don't realize yeah. what's really happening. They're like, this is what's yeah. happening. And they're totally wrong. Yeah. And so they, they, they are very resilient and they make themselves a raft. Yes. And while they're making the raft, Glazer is trying to make it with Sally. Um, and Alfred's spying on them. Still, yeah. which is which really fucking creepy. The first time that he spied on Sally in the shower, I was like, you know what? I was like, maybe it's like a one-off thing. He was being weird. But then the second time, I was like, oh, wait, no, he's a perv. He's literally a yes. fucking perv. This cements the he's idea that he's a perv. pervert. And Glazer's kind of weird, but he also doesn't seem... Like, he's he has a lot of machismo, which would annoy the shit out of me. But doesn't seem to be, like... He's very focused on Sally specifically. Yeah. So, at least he's not, like, spreading it around, I guess which no offense if you like to spread it around just do it safely but like he does he's not like eddie where he seems to just want to score with sally he seems to actually like sally but just like be one of those dude bros who doesn't really understand emotions yeah or you know being honest but a group of campers are set off on the first raft which i did not write down who it was. it's a bunch of campers a bunch of like Secondary campers i know woodstock um, and eddie and woodstock, and, woodstock eddie. and eddie yeah so i think yeah 
And so, but weirdly not Dave, Jason Alexander's character. Yeah. Um, who, by the way, through all this whole movie is like the comic relief and is always saying like silly things. It's just like, it's literally like George Costanza just as a kid, uh, which is great. He's less whiny, though. He's more confident, George. Yeah. But they are on the raft, and they see one of the canoes. And they're like, look, a canoe! So, yeah. I thought Karen was going to be in there. I thought Karen's I dead body was, too. Said too. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not. Uh, it's Cropsy. And it's Cropsy! And none of them think to, like, leap off the raft or try to swim away. <laughs> they're ambushed, and so he murders them all. And poor yes. Woodstock gets his, like, fingers taken off. And it's like, Which ah! is the best. Yeah, it's and like. And there's, like, blood. So violent. Which the behind the scenes is great. And then, like, he stabs Eddie through, like, the neck, which was achieved by having, like, a fake torso and his real head on top of it. Very much like X. Yeah. Where they, when they decapitated one of the characters. And Tom Savini did that work just so it would be safe. Um, although, like, it was terrifying. Also, the director plays Cropsy. Yes. In this scene. Because the actor was having a hard time getting the light to hit the shears. And so the director was like, give it to me, I'll do it. And so they got the shot. Which is, like, the most famous shot in the movie. Yeah. So good for him it's really bloody and nasty and it's got like this one last shot of like blood shooting down one of the victim's arms which i thought was very artful yeah and then um, it fades out into like a red too like it's yeah. like doo, 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 red so yeah and of course that was the that was i think the scene that, just that got it like the dub dubbed it the video nasty like it was like yes they were like nope can't have this this is too violent so they had to cut from this scene for the release but of course everyone else back at the camp at base camp are completely oblivious to this and they're making another raft but they're not going as fast as the first one so glazer and sally followed of course by alfred uh sneak off for some summer loving yes and it's very unsatisfying because glazer glazer <laughs> uh prematurely comes and sally even it's says it's very like honest yeah i will say yeah but the thing is like he's been like like he's been talking it up all day he's like baby it's gonna be so good so good so good and then he just Comes too fast. And she's like, okay, is that it? Okay. But she's pretty understanding, honestly. Yeah, she seems like a nice girl. Because she's basically like, you know, like, well, go. Because he's like, my bill, you a fire. And she's like, okay, go back. And, you know, maybe I'll get warmed up. So she's definitely implying like she doesn't mind trying to go for a round two. And yeah. so he sneaks back to the campsite to get some message to build her a fire. And why would you want to be sitting in a sleeping bag naked in the middle of the woods? Yeah. That's not even an attempt. That's people who why? don't have fear. Like they know no fear. Like it's like And then you have not people me. then you have people like us who watch too many scary movies. <laughs> but yeah, when uh Glazer leaves though, Crossy of course attacks Sally. And meanwhile, Alfred sees Glazer come back to the camp and he's a perv, so he follows him because he's like, oh shit, I'm gonna follow uh, Glazer to some of this hot action. But when Glazer returns, he thinks Sally's asleep, not realizing that she's dead. And so the moment he kind of realizes she's dead, Cropsey appears out of nowhere and stabs him through the throat, lifting him off his feet, and Alfred witnesses the whole thing. So then Alfred's running through the woods, and meanwhile, Michelle, the next morning, sees the raft come by and the canoe and she's like she does the smart thing which why didn't they send a counselor with those kids first you know they should have with the first group plot, but anyways plot armor. like hey hey true yeah she's like let me go check it out first you know and like she swims up to the canoe and you think it's gonna be cropsy again but it's just dead woodstock and eddie and, like, the body's, like, floating. And, like, that was really that actor. Yeah. Just with really interesting makeup um, floating in the water and attacking her. And so she's like, oh, shit. So they grab that raft. And they send everyone but Todd and Alfred because Alfred's missing. And, like, I was watching a review of this and they're like, I wonder who fought over who had to sit on the bloodstained part of the raft. Oh. <laughs> I was like, no, nope, that would be awkward. Oh. But I would have taken the fucking canoe. Yeah. But Michelle takes the kids back to camp and she, like, the supervisor's like, oh, what's wrong? And she's like, kids got fucking murdered and everyone's traumatized, so... Call the fucking cops. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. And meanwhile, Alfred's still running around, and he makes it into an abandoned mine shaft. And so in the mine shaft, Crosby catches up to Alfred and ties him up because, of course, he does rather than just kill him. Okay. But um, but he also Why takes... Not? 
the shears and puts it like where his arm is so he can his arm yeah he pins yeah. his arm so meanwhile todd makes his way to the mine shaft to save alfred because of course that's what he's gonna do and so he has a hatchet and he accidentally stumbles across karen's body because of course they were like where's karen well there she is in the mine shaft there's karen and then somehow crosby gets a flamethrower and like no idea where that came yeah, from but it's just I like, like it. I do too it's like really menacing but it's just like okay also if Cropsy's the victim of a burning crime I'm like yeah revenge Cropsy revenge cause then Todd's showing us through flashbacks that he was one of the kids which of course he was yeah which is like if you were one of the kids you would think like you would be ashamed and you would not yeah. want to talk about it rather than be like right. I'm gonna tell a legend and even tell about the kids that actually burned this guy like I it, yeah okay. So no, Brittany, they're proud of Ugh. torturing a person with alcohol addiction. Yep. Oh no. I mean, I'm sorry. Like maybe he was an asshole, but no reason to burn his body. Anyways. Yeah. So Todd hears Alfred screaming because just as fast as Crosby comes with his little flamethrower, he's gone. And so uh, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So Todd like hears the screaming and he goes back to save him, but that's when Cropsy appears, revealing his face, which is scary. Yes. With that being said, we're going to talk about Tom Savini. I was going to say, it only took, he only had three days to make that mask. But he wasn't very happy with it either because it doesn't look like no. a burn victim. It looks like he's melting, but yes. he only had so much he could do with three days. Of- yeah. And as he said, an artist is never satisfied. I'm like, yep, that is true. That is true. But Todd swings the hatchet around violently, uh, but loses his footing, because of course he does. And uh, <laughs> Alfred, yeah. Alfred comes from behind and stabs Crosby with his own shears, because he's managed to get out. Meanwhile, Michelle, uh-huh. it shows Michelle, and she's directing the helicopter, like, over here, over here, because they said they was in a copter. And so they're like, oh, he's dead. But as they start to leave, he grabs Alfred. Whoa. And Todd's like, Alfred, get down! And that's when he axes him in the head. And burns him, for good measure. Which is just insult to injury, really. But in any other movie, I'd be like, hell yeah. But I mean, like, I Todd should not get the revenge, in my opinion. Yeah. He's the reason for it. Yeah, but, like, sometime later... Like, another camp counselor who looks... So, this uh, camp counselor at the end that, for some reason, looks a lot like Sam Hewen to me from Outlander. He, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. He's retelling the legend of Cropsy to a new generation of campers. So, like, the legend lives on. The urban legend lives on. Yeah. So... And that's the end of the burning or Cropsy part one. What are your, your thoughts and feelings about this movie, Brett? I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. I think there's some interesting things going on in it. I really, I, I mean, the rap, the rap scene is like, love it. Top tier. It is great. Top that tier horror part stuff. is just, mwah. Yeah. I just think there is some things that don't hold up nowadays. And I don't know if it's because we know the Weinstein influence on this movie. Or yeah. even, even if it was a completely different person, if it would still be problematic in places. Well, it bothers me that it's generally sex positive, except for the Weinsteinian undertones. You're yeah. like, but that was creepy. Yeah. But that wasn't okay. Yeah, it's like Glazer, Glazer's and Sally's sex isn't really disturbing, but the prostitute, or not the prostitute, I'm so sorry, guys, the sex worker that is killed at the beginning of the film, uh, the sex worker's death bothers me, and then also Karen's and Eddie's exchange really bothers me in this film. Yeah. Is that the puppy, or is that a smoke alarm going off? Oh, Taylor turned on the sink, if you can believe it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I do like that Jason Alexander is thoroughly entertaining. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see Holly Hunter and Fisher Stevens in some of their first roles. And honestly, a lot of the characters are very likable. It's just, I don't like that Alfred and Todd, who are the most problematic, except for Eddie, are like the final boys. Yeah. Which is weird. I don't mind there being a final guy, though, compared to a final girl. That doesn't really bother me. Yeah. But I feel like I would have preferred it be, like, Jason Alexander. Wouldn't it have been cool, like, if, like, somehow, I this is, like, me thinking stupidly, but it's, like, that vitamin E, though, comes in, like, play, and, like... Or the fact that Alfred couldn't swim. They mention all this shit, and they don't, like, follow through with it, which is kind of weird. Yeah, exactly. Or even, like, if both of the boys had been incapacitated, and Michelle came out of nowhere, and was right. able to kill Cropsy. Well, like, I don't think... Apparently... The Weinsteins changed a lot of the ending. Yeah. Um, and I I didn't, I don't think it was mentioned on the 
documentary what the original ending was, but they did change a lot of it without the director's blessing in editing. So maybe it was more like that and they changed it for some reason. And it wasn't a big hit because it didn't get a lot of theater play, but I I find it it's an interesting movie. I now that Harvey Weinstein's in jail and therefore probably not getting any royalties for this movie. I say definitely watch it. It's my Woody Allen rule. I'm like, when Woody Allen's dead, I'll watch all of his movies. But as he's alive, I'm not giving him any money right now. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting thing. He also, I think it was, I hate to say, guys, I may be wrong, but I think he was talking to Alec Baldwin in an interview recently, Woody Allen was, and was like, was like, yeah, I may retire from filmmaking. The passion isn't there anymore. I'm like, oh, the passion isn't there anymore. Okay. <laughs> Did you have any ratings for this movie? Okay. So on a scale of one to 10, I wavered between a 6.5 and a 7. I uh-huh. think, I think I'm going to go with the 6.5 just a little bit more. It wasn't a... It, it was a fun movie. I, I'm glad I watched it. I think there's some really interesting things in it. I love the shears. Like, I guess Peter Malem yes. came up with the shear idea for Cropsy. I thought that was kind of cool. And, like, years later... Is that I'm, Tony's brother? Oh, oh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Peter was the director. Tony, no, Tony, Tony. Sorry. Why am I calling Peter? Where did Peter come from? But, no, Tony came up with the shears. And I do like that. I just... There was moments that were really good. But I don't think there was anything particular that made it stand out above the crowd. And I think there was a few things that were problematic. I gave it a 7 now that Harvey Weinstein's in jail. <laughs> if he was out of jail, I'd only give it a 6. Yeah. Did you have a Grindhouse Girls rating? I did. It's not my favorite. But I was struggling this week. So, I rated it R for rubbers rafts and refreshing swims i rated it s for swim trunk shears and snipped digits snip digits i like that okay yeah <laughs> what's he rated s but yeah that's that's the burning yep that's the burning so next week we're gonna go indoors for a little bit because it's about to be july or it is july when this episode's gonna come out you know what happens in July? Summer blockbusters come out because you know what? It's too fucking hot outside. So we are going to be watching The Last Matinee, which is a 2020 horror film. Um, it's streaming now on Showtime through either Hulu or Prime. And I have not seen it yet, but it has an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's based, it's a Spanish film. And it is a female protagonist who um, starts to notice someone is murdering people during the last showing of a horror film in a small downtown cinema. And I've heard good things about it, but I don't know much else about it. So I'm kind of excited. And um, with that, I guess we're going to say goodnight. Once again, I'm sorry that I sound so crappy. Um, But, uh, you know, it's my once a year sinus infection. So I'm surprised I haven't been sick during a recording before. If I have, let me know because I don't remember. But I just sound really husky right now and like very, very low. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for likes and shares and subscriptions. We'll let you know when our syndicate episode comes out. Um, That was a really fun episode to uh, record we love having guests on and i think at some point we're gonna try to have armand who's the host of that show on ours as well um they were lovely and super gracious and fun to talk to and they were wearing a star wars shirt and they like mcr yeah so of course uh, like i had i had a major geek meltdown uh when i yeah. was like by the way early sunsets yeah. of romeroville off of i brought you my bullets you brought me your love and then he immediately held up a third cheer revenge vinyl i was like oh my fucking god while wearing a shirt that like very subtly had death stars and tie fighters all over and i was like we can be friends. Yeah, I can tell nice that we are friends. gonna be friends. Like friends. you know, like you just—I heard the Juno soundtrack in my head. Like you know, yeah. So that's what happens when I meet a new friend. Yeah, of course. But yes, hopefully, uh, y'all are being safe, and uh, hopefully, our civil rights will be, or gosh, that constitutional rights will be reinstated soon. Vote, always vote, 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 vote. It's also very hot outside, so you know, make sure that you're putting on your sunscreen. Uh, COVID is coming back with a vengeance. Although I will say, if you got vaccinated, all of my friends that have recently had it have done the, done the mononucleal antibodies and were vaccinated. And so it hasn't been as treacherous as it has in the past. So that is a good thing, but it's kind of risen back up in cases. So start wearing your mask again. I know it's hot outside. We don't want to wash your hands. 
be careful. I was kind of starting to lax up. So um, I know it sucks, but try to be as safe as possible and um, be good to one another and vote. And guys, in states like our state, uh, you're going to have to do your research. And I know sometimes it really sucks to have to research and look into these things, but you, it's really time to do go to do your research and fact check things. Like, it is very easy to fact yes. check things nowadays with the power of the internet. So please do that. It's about to be some hard times. I have a feeling times are going to get harder, unfortunately. Um, so it's very important to take care of your mental health. Please talk to somebody if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling suicidal in any way. Uh, reach out. We definitely want you here. Um, yes. We want to hear... We want to see you succeed. We want to hear your stories. We want to see you guys create arts and uh, love people and love your babies, your fur babies. And so, yeah, uh, please, it is more prevalent now than ever that when these things are dragging you down, please reach out to people you know you can trust to just talk to them. Um, yes. We love you very much. We're also so glad you're here. be careful about doing things online. Yeah. Yeah. If you are not sure about something, reach out to somebody who you know that may know more about certain things. Or, like I said, you just Google. And I would suggest you don't do your Google searches at work. Don't do it. You know, try to keep things as private as possible. Because, unfortunately, we don't know how privacy may work in these coming months. You know, take care of yourselves and each other. Do something for yourself. Please, you know, if... Just sit out in the sun for five minutes. Like, don't sit out in the sun all day because, you know, you'll burn. Sunscreen. You'll burn. Yes. But get some of that, like, vitamins in your system and drink your water and take as many naps as you can. You you need them. You deserve them. So please don't feel guilty about taking naps. Uh, so with that, guys, we love you. And we just look forward to seeing you next time on Same Spoopy Place, Same Spoopy Channel. Stay spoopy, y'all. Good night. Oh, oh, bye, bye, Riley. Bye. 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 Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.